and welcome to another episode of the Streaky Lawn Podcast with new intro music this week. Woo! Caroline, what are your thoughts? I love it. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready to podcast now. And if you're listening and you love it, then you're in luck because that's what we're using from now on. (laughs) Don't (laughs) love it. Don't like it. Too bad. I don't care. Yeah, that's true. Um, All right, but we got plenty to talk about. It's just me and Caroline this week. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I better get Doing that in there, right? Great. Uh, the Who's are coming off a couple big wins, a uh, big comeback uh, against Louisville, which everyone saw coming, I think is, is fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, at least Louisville fans did. And, and I was pretty confident at halftime they weren't going to sh- continue to shoot uh, at, at Duke uh, one game levels or, or UMBC levels or really the levels you have to. Uh, shoot at to to often beat UVA, and they certainly did not uh, shoot that well in the second half. Uh, the Cardinals suffered a Tony, uh, being held to under twenty points. Only fifteen points for the Cardinals at home against UVA. I'm I'm only laughing because I, I, I read so many Louisville comments that they that this team is just in a free fall, and none of them believed that the second half of that game was going to end up as as strongly as the first half was going for them. And sure enough, the Hoos pulled it out uh, behind some uh, strong defensive play on the road. I The thing with that game that is still so bonkers to me is just the – so Louisville in the first half hit 10 threes, right? So it was like 10 – they had 37 points – 10 for 16, I think, in the first. Um, one two-pointer. Yeah, one two-pointer. So they had 30 points of their 37 from three, and then they had five points from the free-throw line and two points. And that two-pointer came with, like, a minute and a half left in the game, right? in the <laughs> first half, right? So it wasn't right. even, like – and then you flip it, and I, I talked to Braxton Key yesterday after the Georgia Tech game. Um, and was kind of asking him about the, um, like, feeling, like, the vibe around the team. Like, were they pretty confident, like, in being able to come back? Because they always look super chill. And it's been that way for several years. Like, at no point when they were even down 12 to start the second half did they look, like, rattled or whatever. Um, and I can was, think like, of one game they looked rattled. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I get other than that. But, like, you know, <laughs> most of the time they're just like, Woo, all right, cool. Um, they knew what they had to do to get it done. But he was like, how many did, I mean, they had, what, 10 threes? We, we were 0 for 11. So, like, Virginia went 0 for 11, zero points from three, and we're only down 10 somehow. Like, to get outscored 30 to zero from beyond the arc is not only, like, such an anomaly statistically for Virginia basketball, but, like, just so random. Um, and so just to have them come back, even still shooting two for 17 – both well I still think it should have been three but whatever that's cool um that one from DeAndre looked like it was a three-pointer but that's fine three for 18 isn't necessarily that much better so it's not really um to come back it was similar to and Braxton Key said this too similar to the first Duke game where they found ways to score and that should be comforting for Virginia fans because it's not a live by the three die by the three they found ways and Tony Bennett knows how to use his lineups, folks. Like, who did you see in there? Who started the second half? Like, Jay Huff was outstanding. Diakite was outstanding. He plays the matchups 
and makes them work. And I thought it was outstanding coaching from Tony Bennett. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I, they have to find the scoring even when their defense is playing well. And so, so for so many years, we've had that, well, we're going to buckle down on defense and see where the scoring catches us up. And yeah. it has always been there. And sure. so far this year, I mean, I know they lost the Duke games, but it, it, the, the scoring was there. Really, it was yeah. the, the, the inability to keep Duke from scoring. But what we saw against Louisville, we always talk about how they've got the big three and they need a fourth off in, this, yep. in these close games. When this game, two of the big three, Kyle and Ty, were pretty terrible. Uh, terrible <laughs> shooting, but did contribute. Like yeah, they I mean, played hard. Yeah. And I'm talking literally scoring. Yeah. Yep. Um, they, they weren't doing that. And DeAndre finished with 26 points. So he's, he's two of grown, the four. Right grown, grown ass he, man. He went and picked game. up two spots. And then we had Huff and Diakite fill in uh, the other two spots. Huff with 12 points. I mean, an obvious spark, you know, in, in the second half, I think. Uh, it, it completely turned the game. Um, yeah. Fans will say um, that the, the foul call uh, completely turned the game. That was to me, just a string of, of UVA benefiting things, uh, most of which were UVA making shots and stopping little Yeah. The there, it was the call itself was not game-changing. I will not I – will, I just won't entertain that because it was a two-point game, like, with however many minutes, like, plenty of time left. Yeah. The overreaction to what is, like, a blown call in the normal thing. Like, that, this stuff happens all the time in basketball yeah. games. Refs are human. It's gone against Virginia. It's helped Virginia. Like, yeah. this happens. For Chris Mack to absolutely lose his shit like that, and I will say he got his money's worth, and he got four F-bombs at Jamie Lucky before getting <laughs> teed up, which I say is a good transaction. Right, yeah. Um, if you want to point anything, your coach overreacting to a normal, close – like, was Mamadi's heel down? I think he was probably in it. But, like, one, I don't want reviews thrown everywhere. I barely like the reviews that we have now. Right, right. Two, this shit happens all the time. Like, just missed calls or things that don't get whistled, things that do get whistled that weren't necessarily fouls. Like, DeAndre Hunter sat on the bench for most of the first half because he got foul called for a bullshit – you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. This stuff happens all the time. Your coach overreacting to a normal play in basketball is what, if you want to say, change the game. Like, I will, that I will allow. Yeah. I mean, your team only scored 15 points in the second half. Like, your your team lost. And and so to blame a bad call for changing the game seems Yeah, you already lost your lead. Right. You already lost your 12 point lead. I will say, I I, I don't think, like, Mac was unjustified and blowing up in that in that vein that we've seen technical fouls, you know that that whole idea of a coach putting it out there for his team and protecting his team and, and letting sure. him know that, that, you know he's not going to stand for the shit. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it sparks, yeah. you know, your guys. Um, Where it was, a, team it is was a bad team. call for sure. So if 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 he thinks getting a technical, which he obviously was trying to do or knew he was going to do in, in the way he reacted, is is worth that spark, then then fine, whatever. Um, where where that team is mentally though? Yeah. Like I don't think there are times one hundred percent agree with you that like get seeing a coach get fired up and has your back, like that can fire you up. I think with where Louisville is like psyche wise, it just like compounded the issue. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I mean, we should. Now we should they're four over. points behind. Like you know, 
they, yeah. their last stretch of games, eight eight pass games, is a loss to UNC, a win in Blacksburg, loss uh, to, uh, to in Tallahassee, uh, which they blew a lead at the end of that game, a one point win at Clemson, which Clemson had every Clemson opportunity had to win, yeah. uh, getting blown out at Syracuse, this loss uh, blowing a lead against UVA, and then they just lost to Boston College, so. Mm. They've been on the like they're a lock for they for the NCAA tournament. If they lose to Notre Dame, they might not be. They might have to be embarrassingly removed from the lock category because yeah, yeah. Like, they only have Notre Dame and Virginia left, right? Yeah. And then, so if they 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 could very reasonably with the way they've been playing lose both. Be now you're looking nine. at a situation where they could be in an ACC tournament game that doesn't do them any good if they win it. Um, and then they could lose again to, or they could lose that first round game. If they're in the eight, nine game, they could lose that game too. Right. So So worst case, they're actually nine and 10 on selection Sunday in ACC play, which they're they're probably going to make it even with that. But, you know, that's only because there aren't that many other good bubble teams, you know, like (laughs) that is a terrible a terrible stretch. Well, and especially, I think we had a little bit of fool's gold with Louisville because they, their, the start of their conference play was very weak. And so they built this entire, like, look at Louisville, they're cruising. And they have good players. Well, like, they, they won that Michigan UNC. State. Yeah, and they blew out UNC, like dominated UNC. I still have no idea how that happened, right? So then they hit the meat of their schedule, and that's when those, like – and I do – everyone tells me never to feel bad for Louisville because then we get like the tweets yeah. that are like strippers um, but um, <laughs> part of me is like these these are just college kids that like it just compounds and it, it it's as a just like observer of the game not like oh I'm a Virginia fan but like as someone like watching college basketball like that's it's just it's it's tough to see this group of like t- like 18 19 20 year olds that are so far in their heads that you can see it, the Duke game was the, obviously the ultimate example of this. Like they played hot potato keep away because not yeah. one of them wanted the ball because they were too afraid of messing it up. Yeah. And that's, it's tough to see a team play like that. Yeah. Like well, it's, he's not their coach. You know, most of these guys weren't yeah. recruited uh, by Mac. I, I, I think Mac has every uh, resume building, uh, aspect to say he's a good coach you know we we know chris mack is a good coach but if he's not a fit for you when the going gets tough and he seems to be a bit of a hard ass you know well did you see the video last night of him looking like he said mm-hmm. there are a bunch of effing pussies <laughs> you know I, and you're like oh shit man like that's that's a tough look for my guy yeah i, I mean <laughs> I, I didn't play a basketball, so, so, but I I think it's not that far off what normal coach speak. You know, I think most coaches are getting uh, going to yell at you and curse at you. Um, maybe not show you throwing them under the bus on national television. <laughs> you know, that that's 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 reading. You know, very obviously reading your lips. Uh, sitting. Yeah, and that was a. <laughs> tough timing by that cameraman yeah right <laughs> like he was probably just trying to show him like oh here he's looking upset because boston college is about to beat louisville and then it was like oh ooh. anyway t- tough stretch for the the cardinals who 
I mean, they still, they obviously can play well and still have that resume building uh, type of win in Charlottesville ahead of them if they could pull it off next weekend. Um, but so far, not looking likely. So maybe, yeah, I think you're right, ACC tournament, they might have to win a couple games to really feel good about not, not making the NCAA tournament, but not dropping so far in their national yeah. seeding. Um, certainly could be a big deal. And he, he and Coach Mack was like lead favorite for ACC Coach of the Year, in my opinion. And now, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean – I, my top three are probably, and people are going to hate me, but Buzz Williams, Tony Bennett, Roy Williams, in that order. Yeah, uh, I think that sounds Because Buzz is basically holding that team together like MacGyver, um, and they were able to pull off the upset of Duke, which yeah. was an interesting game. He's going to love the Texas job. I know. He's going to have so much fun because <laughs> – uh, Texas, speaking of Shocker Smart in Texas, they gave up like a 17-point lead um, last night to Baylor. So. Oh, I know. All right. Um, the Who's also uh, pulled it out last night uh, to, against Georgia Tech. Uh, they Dominated. basically beat the crap out of an inferior <laughs> opponent, which is always nice to see. Uh, yeah. They did not play down to the level. And, they, you know, Georgia Tech has won a few games and has, I like banks. That guy was pretty good. Um, yeah, he is. Guy, um, despite his t-shirt, uh, <laughs> he, he was pretty good. Alvarado is very quick, which always gives uh, UVA the pack line some, some issues. Yeah. Gay. Abdullah gay. He mm-hmm. has some nice moves too. Um, yeah. They're just yeah. pretty raw. Like their defense is interesting. Virginia played it really well. They rotated really well. They passed the ball really well. Yeah. Um, and so, but that's a defense that has held um, a lot of good teams to not a lot of points. Duke only scored uh, 66 on them, Carolina 77, Florida State 59, um, and Virginia over 80 again. So 81 points um, for that third. Last Virginia eclipsing Slow. the 80 mark again. 60 possession game. Um, actually, that was their lowest possession game of the season and scored 81 points. My so. goodness. Efficient. Sorry, that was Georgia Tech's lowest possession. Gotcha. Um, and definitely not Virginia's. But uh. well, It's nice to see them play uh, well against the zone. Uh, I know all these zones are, are a little different, particularly Louisville's 1-3-1. But, yeah. you know, hitting corner threes with regularity against the zone bodes well for the ability to score against Syracuse. Yeah, and I mean, again, Hunter was outstanding. Ty, Jerome in a great second half. Mm-hmm. Um, got, I mean, we got to give props to our dude, Keita Clark. Um, <laughs> yeah, the last, no, I mean, the we last all week. want him. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not, say not all. the biggest <laughs> key hater out there. But no, yeah, you're not. I mean, like, like him to score. What, you know, when he, we want it to go <laughs> in. <laughs> but I'm saying to the, I, it was very uh, interesting that I saw like zero next to zero complimentary tweets of Kihei yet everyone likes to let the internet know when they think he's trash um he is now it's easier has, to tweet during away games yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> he has One 10 point. assists and no turnovers in the last two games and nice. if you go back to the duke game he since the six turnover fiasco against miami where he played um almost all the game he has 17 assists and three turnovers um, and it was nice to see him get a, he was perfect two for two on three pointers last night against Georgia tech after going zero for eight coming into the game. And he hit him one, uh, two pointer. So I think just a really, really, really solid game for him. Um, 
and really all the way around only back to doing the thing where they don't turn the ball over a lot. Um, back-to-back games now with single digits. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be number one. Number yeah. two is, is, is getting the ball to the scores. And number three is if he's wide open, being able to convert um, yeah. for a few shots a game. And he, he did all that, which is awesome. Yeah. And what he said too is, you know, the guys, luckily, hopefully they all stay off Twitter, um, but that he's learning a lot. They from, stay off Twitter. He's learning a lot from Ty Jerome. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty's taken over the kind of mentorship role and Ty always tells him like, we believe in you shoot the ball. So luckily he's not getting his advice from angry UVA Twitter sure. um, to but, get on the bench and not play anymore. You know, that kind of stuff. But I think Ty's um, sort of rebound in, in his shooting display was uh, really nice to see. Yes. He just seemed to have that, what we associate with Jerome, that sort of calm, steady, but also, creative you know ability to get the um to score a bucket in the lane was was awesome and they shot well uh from deep 52 percent or 52.9 percent as a team uh key was getting in there he went two for three from three um once again when we talk of fourth scoring option if key or key hey or both of them can make their open looks from deep it just really that's how that's how uva ends up scoring 80 points which, you know, is like 100 points for some other, some faster teams. So it's yeah. like a billion points for a normal team. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's so critical to see that they are adaptable. And it's what we've been doing the past few weeks is this team just keeps winning in winning in, in different ways. Uh, and yeah, and that's where people should be confident. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you um, know, who knows what 8-9 matchup is going to throw some, some weird zone. You yeah, know, to try and mix it up, like they're they're showing that they can face uh, things that they're not used to and still pull it out when they need to, even when they're not shooting well. Yeah, but they were I shooting guess, well against Georgia yeah. Tech, so it sort of goes. Yeah, one point three five points per possession when you hold the opponent to point eight five, that'll get it done every day. Though, can week. we talk about Jay Huff's uh, attempted uh, under uh, you know, whatever you call the the rotational. Uh, reverse layup, I think, is what I'm looking for. That oh, when he was, like dropped it. <laughs> no, 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 not the reverse dunk. I'm talking about the miss. So he's in the lane, oh, he comes up with his right hand and switches it to his left, and so so goes, tries to circle under uh, yeah. to the opposite side. It was hilariously awful. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, in these moments where we have amusing, like like Mamadi's miss dunk. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's getting my hilarious moment of the game. Although the bench celebration for his awesome dunk, uh, not the reverse Marcus. dunk, which was also awesome, but the the one in the lane that was just a sort of a rim shattering, uh, forceful dunk. The bench ce- celebration was pretty great, including yeah. I saw I think Jamie Oaks tweeted a gif of uh, of Mamadi reacting by chugging his water (laughs) which is a new one but they've all adopted the guitar solo that Um, francisco started yeah i don't know if francisco start uh, yeah that's the the more notable one i believe it was in chapel hill but the it's sort of like an elvis hip shaking yeah um, it's not like a rock and roll (laughs) guitar it's it's more like a A i don't know yeah Yeah, i I have to compile as many uh, examples of it as possible. I saw Dixon do it or Nixon do it. Um, yeah. Last night, at least once. 
Uh, speaking of which, I was happy to see the depth, um, you know, the, the third string guys get out there yeah. for some extended play. I would have liked to see them earlier. Uh, you know, there was Braxton's breakaway dunk foul made me uh, scared. Uh, yeah, there just, was definitely a point where I was like, just, I don't even care if you blow a 20 point lead. Nobody get hurt. How's in the lane, like banging around for rebounds up 25, which obviously they're all going to do. Like you can't have no turn off switch. Yeah, right. Exactly. You can't be like, Hey, um, I'm going to leave you in for four more minutes, but don't jump. Don't don't change direction too quickly or or run too hard. So I don't know. I, I think Marco is clearly physically ready. So any issues that, that must be out there, whether it be uh, I want to keep the rotation shorter because I'd like it that way, whether it be he's not ready offensively or not ready defensively, we, we're not too sure what it is because we haven't seen him play with the ones enough to really know. But it's got to be a mixture of one of those, of those three things, right? Yeah, yeah, what, and I whatever, offense, but... Whatever the reason is, if it is offense or anything, you can clearly stick him out there and he's not going to give up you know, like, it's not like having a walk-on or it's not like right. having, um, you know, so we saw Statman struggle with the defense, you know, Stat like, man. yeah, you can, you can throw him out there and he looks like he belongs at least physically. So I've, I've just wanted to see that extra depth at the guard position. So it's nice to see a little bit of it. I would have liked to play Marco Moore in a blowout, um, maybe even in the first half. I know whether or not, I'm just voicing my frustrations because I would like to see it would make me feel more comfortable about the the depth we have uh, yeah at court I just yeah sometimes and then it's you know I don't know yeah I can see that I'm glad to see them get in the game obviously it means you're kicking ass um the one of the things that I want to touch on because it's been a trend lately is Jack Salt becoming more of the actual role people player that people expect from him you know i've been clamoring um, for is that yeah, sure i guess that's a good way to put it um also apologies for the construction going on in the background but um the last since the duke game where he played 23 minutes against unc he played 10 mm-hmm. notre dame 13 virginia tech 13 all of which were in the first half no Sorry, Louisville played five, all of which were in the first half. Right, right, right. And then 12 against Georgia Tech. So a couple of things to take away. Um, It's obviously a significant decrease. He did not start against Georgia Tech. Um, It looked at times that they were, like, applying some stuff to his back, so maybe he's still having a little stiffness and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But what I – there's a couple things I take away from this. One, again, it's a – Shout-out to Tony Bennett for playing matchups, for realizing what's working, especially, again, that Louisville game. Like, this is why I get frustrated and people say, like, ooh, how dare we criticize Tony Bennett. This is the type of thing that, like, this is why I give Coach Bennett the benefit of the doubt. Like, obviously, like, I don't agree with necessarily the taking people out with two fouls thing. Like, there are things that I would be like, oh, that's an interesting choice. But I think at a certain point, it's not about not criticizing him. It's about realizing that like this coach has put Virginia in the position to win 25 games and has only lost two. And it's been consistently like that for several seasons. So there's a sense of like, okay, maybe I don't know better about what lineup should be in. And while he can be stubborn, especially starting second halves, I think that's been different lately. Um, He started the second half Louisville with the guys that I think Jay Huff started the second half with Mamadi and, DeAndre and Kyle and Ty, I think is what it was. But anyway, back to Jack Salt. 
um, I was thinking about it. And if you go back to, so Jack Salt has been here. Um, let's go all the way back here. So he redshirted his first year. Years. Yeah, it's about 17 years. Uh, his first time seeing action was in the 2016 season, right? Um, so he was a redshirt first year behind the likes of Anthony Gill, Mike Toby, Isaiah Wilkins. So there was depth. He came in as a role player, right? He was, didn't play a lot of minutes. Um, 8% of the minutes, right? So then you go to the next year, if we all remember, I will get on this Austin Nichols messed up lineups for the <laughs> years thing. Sure. Austin Nichols was supposed to be on that team, right? With um, Isaiah Wilkins. Diakite was a redshirt first year. And so Jack Salt would have played a little bit more, but there's other players there, right? He um, got forced into action. He got forced into action by default. Mm-hmm. Okay, So then he becomes a starter, same started like every game in 2018 because the same thing they're supposed to have Austin Nichols that's a tough position to like unless you get a grad transfer which I think they were trying to do but just stuff didn't work out um you don't have like you just don't have as many people and he had to play now that there's more depth and guys like Jay Huff and Mamadi are growing into who they can be as players and providing more offense than Jack can do he's falling into this role that he was supposed to play all along right and so I feel, and everyone knows my take on Jack and I'm a big fan with the intangibles and all the stuff he brings. Um, I was just thinking about it instead of being like maligned big man that everyone, you know, a couple years ago, I remember some people in the comments being like, this guy should transfer. He's, he's not an ACC player. He would have been such a legend. You know, like the, the legend of Jack Salt would have been if he came off the bench and provided minutes like he did last night where he's like playing tough defense and diving. There was one sequence where he, dove to the ground again this dude's gigantic uh 6'10 250 dives to the ground tips it forward to Braxton Key Uh Braxton pulls it out smartly pulls it out because like the breakaway was like the guy was right there um ball gets loose he might have turned he might have been close to turning it over but keeps it alive tips it back out they make two passes and it ends in a a three-pointer like those type of plays is like what would make Jack Salt a legend. <laughs> like yeah. he's a guy that comes off the bench, gives you like ten to thirteen minutes a game of just pure brawn and hustle and just all of that stuff, and then he goes back to the bench and everyone's like, Yeah, Jack Salt and instead yeah. like people are the demanding him universe. to play less. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm making it too like taking it too seriously, but in this alternate universe, like He's just, this is why I say when people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't praise someone for just doing what they're asked to do or told to do or whatever. Um, But he's come in and he's even said in interviews, I think it was with Brad Franklin at Cavs Corner, that like when he came here, he didn't expect to play. (laughs) Like he's just this kid from New Zealand coming to a power five school that's on the rise constantly in the top 10. And there's a re- he's one of the reasons that Virginia's constantly been in the top 10. I don't know. I just find it really fascinating. Um, so I feel, I, I mean, I'm happy when he comes in. I don't think the way things are clicking right now, Virginia really loses that much because he can set screens and he has the hustle plays. Um, but anyway, that's my like random journey I went on. Right. <laughs> I want to talk about DeAndre a little bit. Um, you know, we, we did reference that he, he's picked it up in scoring recently, um, but it's really, I think, all coming back to what we were saying at the beginning of the year, we wanted to see him take over uh, in aspects. Um, 
whether things are getting tough and you need that guy to take over or just to be the one scoring option to run the offense through to, to establish, you know, the, the, the tempo or the strategy yeah. that they want for that, for that game. And we've seen it. Um, he's just been really good. <laughs> and outside of uh, getting yanked for some fouls in the first half, it's been uh, great to watch him, be comfortable in that role. Um, not that those fouls, I think, were anything other than just playing basketball. And sometimes fouls get called on you, and then your coach yanks you for the rest of the first half. Luckily, you know, it was at the like, like minute two, thirty. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, he's such a good defender, um, and, but but to be this this twenty point a game, uh, or at least the high teens in a lot of these games, is such yeah. a, a critical part for him. I think you see the evidence that this team deserves to be a one seed nationally because they have this start. They have the suffocating defense. They have some great playmakers, but they also have an NBA caliber scorer. And I I think that's what you need to, to make a deep run usually. And they have it knock on wood. So I know we all know this. I just, we got to, I got to throw it out there in the universe (laughs) that, that this is so far so good uh, for DeAndre in the ACC play. It is funny how it is so mo- almost coincided with ACC play that he really started to uh, focus on that role of being uh, the guy. So good to see. Um, other shout outs? I mean, Kyle Guy uh, doing what he can on the uh, rebounding. Just about I everybody. Think it's just been hilarious and yeah. excellent. I, just uh, about everyone has been if they're not contributing somewhere, whether, you know, if they can't, if they're not contributing shooting one day, then they're working their asses off with rebounding or assists or whatever else. It just, it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, it, I'd shout out to almost everyone. I don't, right. I mean, everyone's I had, you know, Mamadi is continuing to have three blocks a game or more. Three or terrible four blocks hair. a game. It is awesome. It is I, terrible. I, after seeing it, I liked it when I saw it the first time. After seeing it in person, I love it more. It After was funny to see him guarding a guy it. with similar hair That's in the true. Georgia Tech game. Um, uh, and the yeah. Instagrams have been very funny from his teammates playing Cisco. So he went with his girlfriend. I don't know if anyone saw it. We asked him about it last night because um, he did it before the Louisville game. So I was like, you can't get away from us. Like, but you asked him. Specifically about How did this yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah. And so what he had said was, uh, it was a great story. He did it once when he was playing soccer in Guinea when he was a kid. And he had always thought about like, oh, I think I want to do a part two is what he called it. And like, he finally was like, I don't know when I want to do it, whatever. And he was just kind of feeling it. His girlfriend was going to get her hair done. He's like, oh, I can go get, I can go do the tint is what he called it, tint. Um, uh-huh. And so he the first time he did it his dad didn't like it and he like shaved it off after like a week or whatever Uh um and so he went and did it and then showed up the next morning like didn't tell any of his teammates didn't send any pictures or anything like Uh that but showed up to lift with his new hair and everyone was like what (laughs) um kiei and key said that the team actually like that they actually liked it so they have been ribbing him on social media and joking around but that he said they've all said like yeah no everyone really likes it and he was like i didn't like it at first but it's really grown on me like it works with him um mm. and then he said that he had to take a picture and send it to his parents before the louisville game mm. so that they wouldn't see it for the first time on tv 
which I thought was like the cutest thing I've ever heard. Um, And then he also said that if Coach Bennett didn't like it, he would have shaved it off, which I thought was like the cutest thing in the world. So uh, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's fun. Why not? You know? Um, Sure. (laughs) By by awful, I just mean that it looks awful. (laughs) I don't care what he wants his hair to look like. Oh, man. Um, I think it looks great. Make your awful hair decisions in college. I think that's perfectly appropriate. <laughs> I think it's fun, and I think if any, actually, if anyone pulls it off, it's it's Mamadi. Like Mamadi can pull it off. I he think. does have a fitting personality for for sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the ACC. Uh, Duke uh, losing uh, in Blacksburg uh, without Zion uh, is somewhat of an asterisk, but I, I think. You know, Zion is a joke at this point because of ESPN coverage. I do think it's interesting that they have looked pretty bad uh, without him. Uh, yeah. I, we know he's he's one of the best players, if not the you know known best player in the country. He's a spectacle. He's an amazing presence and, and physical player. Uh, he, he rarely shoots well <laughs> from outside from what I can tell, but he's an amazing scorer when he gets, you know, full head of steam. We know why Zion's great. You would think Duke would be able to, to play still at a strong level without him. And they've shown that they not necessarily, it's certainly not as strong, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm if you surprised, obviously, and here's the thing. So losing a player like Zion is tough because no one in the country can do what Zion does, right? Right. So he's, it's not like a one-for-one, one, like, oh, well, they still have, you know, the number two and number three picks in the NBA draft. On the other hand, they still have the number two and number three picks in the NBA draft, <laughs> right. plus Trey Jones. That team, so, if, so say Zion went to Clemson, right? Right. The team that Duke has right now would still be a top five preseason team. Right. Like, right. this team should be... <sighs> So they won against what? That was the Syracuse game that they won on the road and picked up that win. Lost to Tech at Tech. The the issue for me is it's the continual, I think, and I don't know how many people agree. I don't really care, whatever. Coach K has proven himself like he's a good coach. He does. I don't hate him as much as everyone else does or whatever. I think it's shown in the last four or five years when he started adopting this one and done system, which if you could do it, great, good for you. It's within the rules. Like, do you, whatever. Um, I mean, Tony Bennett's recruited a lot of these guys. Like he was talking trying to get Zion. Everyone's going to try and get Zion. Like it's just, it is what it is. He just happens to get these guys and it's turning over now. But consistently this argument with Duke has been that they don't have any depth and that's just bullshit. And that's where I get mad because they have more, Five, four and five stars sitting on the bench than most of te- most of the other teams have all together. Bolden, so, Baker, Goldwire would all be starters on you know most yes. ACC teams, or if not playable depth. So what this says to me is just more glaring. Jack White sucks. He doesn't play. <laughs> he anymore. does not. Suck. He just missed twenty eight straight. Yeah, um, you know who missed twenty eight straight shots in a row. Players, players who suck. suck. Yeah. <laughs> he does other stuff on the court. He's everywhere. He's, he tries uh, hard and he sets screens. <laughs> I'm shocked. This is, this is groundbreaking. <laughs> but you have these guys, and it's been this way consistently. He's not developing these players on the bench. And then yeah. they have something like this happen, and I'm supposed to feel sorry for them. And I don't. Because if you give – I just – it's – the – the game against 
Virginia Tech. Tech played very well. They shot well. They defended very well. Guys like R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett is flourishing in this Zionless world, and he flourished with Zion. So that's not even like – really, if anyone has a chance to make themselves look better in this whole situation, I think it's Cam Reddish. And I don't necessarily think that he's done that. I'd have to look up the numbers, but – He shoots better than R.J. does. Yeah, but R.J. gets like – he creates and he does shoot a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. They all shoot a lot. It just showed some of the – like they don't play as a team. It was very much like it feels – more and more like it's the roll out the balls and I'll just take let them shoots better than rj back a little bit uh cam reddish was two for 11 at syracuse so yeah it's, so he, he's streaky he was he's he, very streaky he was, he two was for obviously good against, against nc state but good against unc and, and good against, good against uva yeah and, and obviously lights out both of them yeah. lights out against yeah UVA. it's just i i uh, i don't feel sorry for them no losing zion i mean it sucks i want zion to come back because he's a good player he seems like a good kid he seems out of the one and dones they've had and this is all from outside perspective whatever to be the one that really enjoys playing college basketball the most like he's the guy that like puts it all out there he could have on that chase that that block that he had on deandre shot like I, I every time i see it i keep thinking about it where it's like he didn't have to sprint three quarters of the way across the court to try and block that shot there were players closer than him that didn't try and step to DeAndre and block that shot. <laughs> yeah. Zion's trying to block that shot. There just was a feeling of, eh, when they played against Tech. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to take this shot because it's the easiest. They didn't work the ball around well. I won't even get into – I'm just like – I understand that Coach K and his players, like, they talk about situations in which they would pull a red shirt uh, for Joey Baker in this situation – since they pulled his red shirt on February 23rd with five games left and Zion predicted to come back at some point before the season ends, uh, Joey Baker's played two games, a combined six minutes, three of which came when he was basically foul fodder to pick up fouls against Syracuse to end the first half. He's taken two shots. He's missed both, airballed one. They have the audacity to call him Joey Buckets from their official Twitter account. Whoa. <laughs> which, oh. I did not <laughs> see that. These and desist, uh, good sirs. Yeah, that is, that is terrible. Um, so it's just kind of like I see some of these things and it's just like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of questions in Durham uh, to be answered. And, and certainly the biggest one is, is Zion going to come back and play? You got to think yes yeah. or they would have said I, something. But, yeah. uh, you know, we, we don't know what's going on medically or even strategically. Maybe, sure. maybe they are just pausing to wait and see. Um, they don't play UNC again until March 9th. So there's still, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's still plenty of time uh, before that big game. They've got Clemson uh, – or no, UNC has Clemson and BC before that. What I did want to talk about the other top ACC team is clearly UNC, yeah. who after that early blowout to Louisville has only lost one game, and that's uh, against Virginia – who just historically the like the way these teams play UVA wins uh, when all things are considered equal. I just think they the UVA is just a bad designed team for UNC. It's just yeah. how it, how it seems to be. Um, UNC has beat the brakes off a bunch of teams, including FSU um, and some lesser ACC opponents, but they made Louisville look terrible. We already talked about how that's been yeah. happening. And they made Virginia Tech look terrible. Uh, and Duke look terrible. I mean, Duke yeah. looked awful against Carolina. Uh, you know, again, Yeah, and I'm more willing uh, to allow them a little more leeway in that game because, like, the moment you lose, 
Like, if you lose a player at the beginning of the game, like, that's a bigger impact for that game than if you have a week to prepare, days to prepare, like, whatever. Um, but the way that they've looked, like, again, against Syracuse was not super clean. Mm-hmm. Against, you know, if they don't get six three-pointers from Sounds Alex like your O'Connell, house is filled with bees. I know. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> ugh, it's the worst. Um, but, yeah, and UNC has shown – I think that that was again a really good win by Virginia on the road. Mm-hmm. UNC is coming into form and they've got good players and they also can overcome a couple of their big guys not playing well. Like Kobe White at um at Duke was not great. He was uh, pretty bad actually. But you got play from, you know, big old Luke Bay. Cam Johnson has been so consistent. He's one of the five guys I'd put on first team all ACC. Mm-hmm. Um and they've been consistent, so it's uh um, so uh, yeah, they're good. Virginia right now is in the driver's seat for that one seed in the ACC tournament. So anything yeah, that they yeah, can do nice. to keep UNC and Duke the two three, yeah, um, I think that's going to be. I couldn't, I couldn't root for Virginia Tech to beat Duke just because I, yeah, I can't root for the home team in those situations. I want all those fans on TV to go home <laughs> happy. Uh, Tech did pull it out um, and showed. I mean, e- even the way they pulled it out because Duke stormed back a little. You know, yeah, they, like, they it tied was, it, it was, up and. Blackshear is just really good. And, he's, and, he's also on my first team all ACC team. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, anyway, it, it was obviously beneficial for the Who's, so not the end of the world for my uh, rooting interests. Um, but the Who's next game is against the worst team in the ACC. Uh, definitively, uh, dear listeners, please check the power rankings. It is the Pittsburgh Panthers. And they're coming to town on Saturday. Uh, and then a, a tricky turnaround road trip, getting up to Syracuse just two days later, uh, big Monday in the Carrier Dome uh, against a team that has given Virginia issues from time to time uh, over the years. So obviously that is no gimme there. And then they have a handful of days off um, before the senior day. Louisville we will be back to talk about that senior day, what that could mean uh, in terms of departures. Um, because I think uh, we should be anticipating more than Jack and more than DeAndre. Uh, but look look for that next week. Um, if you are uh, listening to us on our embedded player on the website, uh, there is a little subscribe uh, button that will take you to a ton of options. So we have gotten some questions about subscribing. We are on iTunes. Uh, Spotify and the such and you can find us if the search uh, via iTunes or whatever isn't working you can definitely find us by hitting that subscribe button on the embedded player it'll take you to all those options so uh, make things easier for you Android users and such there so do subscribe do give us a I've never said this on the podcast if you subscribe if you want give us a review we we don't have a lot I know we we have listeners so that's why we're doing it we we have comments so we we enjoy talking with y'all um it would be fun to collect some reviews even if they're bad reviews I don't give a shit so go ahead and tell the world what you think I just realized we've been doing this for years and I've never plugged us so there's my one plug for reviews there uh but we'll be back next week so uh for caroline and the rest of us at the blog uh stay tuned to the blog and uh, thanks for listening go who's